All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. It is your girl, Bianca Michelle, and welcome to the Village Perspective Podcast. Coming to you today, recording live at Willow Cove, um, which is a beautiful space right here on 124th and Larchmere. So uh, just a reminder, if you're tuning in for the first time, the Village Perspective Podcast is a digital discussion podcast. And um, we talk about an amalgamation of things, but really our intention is to edify the perspective of the village and all that we do and all of our guests. Um, And we've been focusing on this Black series, um, Black Intersectionality and Vulnerability, um, Black and Creative. And today we're going to delve into Black and Crazy. So, uh, excuse me, Black and Crazy, or am I? Or am I? So uh, today we have with us Miss Lana Campbell. Um, certainly really excited to have her share this space and time with me. Um, I first became acquainted with Lana, I do believe it was at Baba Yaga um, Greenhouse Cafe, which was a vegan, um, wonderful vegan spot in our neighborhood. And But before I met Lana, uh, so many people told me I needed to meet Lana. Uh, have you gone to Willow Cove? I think that's a space that will resonate with you. It seems like you guys should know each other. Why haven't you met? Um, so there was a lot of a lot of forces pushing us together, and I'm certainly glad that when uh, our energies collided uh, at the appropriate time, it was definitely um, certainly good. So I'm glad to have her as a neighbor, as a black business owner in my neighborhood, um, to know that there is a healer paces away. Um, It really does provide comfort. And she's an animal lover. So my dog loves her too. So Ms. Lana, I want you, uh, I want to give you space and time to speak to the people. Tell them who you are and what you do. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good night, all of that. It's it's all one, one time for being. And um, so I, you know, I have, I have some initials behind my name. I'm a graduate of Cases nonprofit management program. I have my bachelor's from Spelman College. I have a second master's from Adler Institute in Minneapolis and na-na-na-la-di-da-da-da. At the end of the day, I'm a sister girl on assignment. Sister girl sister on assignment. assignment. You know, I, um, I was living a pretty luxurious lifestyle before I took on this assignment. And the assignment I'm talking about is Willow Cove and the and the space, holding space for people to heal and to restore. Um, living a pretty good life. And then uh, uh, some things happened and um, the universe said, you can continue to do this the hard way, which I thought was the easy way. <laughs> you can continue to do this the hard way or you can do my easy way. You you, know, you you can do this assignment or or die, mm. and and it was not just a um, physical death, but a spiritual one. And so, I took the easy way, her easy way, her easy way. I'm sorry, I don't have to take the assignment. I got I will. Yes, 
And uh, and so here I am. So what we do here at Willow Cove, Willow Cove is a culmination of all the things that have helped me in my wellness journey over the years. So people say, how did you pull all these things together? How did, you know, I'm a psychotherapist or a clinically trained therapist. Mm -hmm. um, now I do my work as a coach because I don't believe in being relegated to the confines of anybody else's say so about my assignment. Yeah. Um, so how did you put all these things together? How did you come to do talk time, which is also known as talk therapy? How did you pull art therapy? And how did you pull massage therapy and acupressure? And none, none, none? how did all these things come together? Well, they're all the things that helped me heal. Mm -hmm. And I firmly believe in plants over pills, in movement over hospitalization, yes. um, in creativity yeah. over stagnation yeah. and sedentary lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? Those were the things that helped me heal. And it took a clinically trained person like me, unlicensed, who looked at my lifestyle, my whole lifestyle. And she said, you're an artist. Why aren't you creating things? Because yes. I was a closet artist for years while I was uh, living the high life, I thought, mm -hmm. in corporate America, executive management, you know, she says, why aren't you creating? And I said, because I'm out here making this paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making this money. I call that corporate thugging. There we go. I had that okay. phase. Okay. Corporate yeah. thugging. That's corporate thugging. <laughs> and, uh, and she challenged me to get back into the studio. And uh, that's where my love for and, and actually knowledge, because I hadn't really known that there was such a thing as art therapy mm -hmm. before um, my time with her. And my therapeutic homework with her every week was something art related. So mm -hmm. I had to create something. And before I knew it, I had this abundance. I, I think I may have created like 22 pieces that I eventually did a solo show uh, um, at Tamika's Reiki spot. She's no longer in Cleveland, but you all may know her. She now is in Arizona. But done all this work, and I was like, that that's who I, that's who I am. Yeah. That is who I am. Okay. And uh, I didn't know it then, but I certainly know it now. It is the creativity and the creation of things. My son teases me all the time and says, Mom, you... You love broken stuff. Why do you? <laughs> broken people, broken animals, because I'm a dog rescue mom. Mm -hmm. to, what is this thing with you and this broken? And what I have now at 50 been able to articulate back to him is that it's, these folks aren't broken. These things aren't broken. These things are evolving. Mm -hmm. We are continuing to create, mm -hmm. create, create, create. And so anyway, I don't even know if I got off the question, but. Um, that's what that's what's that's what's in me. And we talked about this happiness earlier. Yeah. I think something something's emerging for me. Okay. People, okay. and when I say people, I mean the whole, like the whole planet. The sure. People, have we lost our capacity, ability, and interest in creating, not other stuff, but who we are. So we start creating within ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think this is a time for that. I think this is for me, my spiritual download is this is that time. Cause I tease people all the time and I say, the universe is telling us go somewhere and sit down. Yeah. Right. But it's bigger than that. 
She is saying go somewhere and sit down, but she's also saying go somewhere, sit down, and do some introspection. Mm -hmm. And not only come up with a self-care plan, but you, you need a self-activation plan. Mm -hmm. what, what the hell are you going to do? What, what are you going to do? Who, who are you? Yeah. And what are you going to do with who you now see that you are? I don't think people see themselves. They see who people have told them they are. Mm -hmm. They see who they've been indoctrinated to believe they are. They see the role models that were put in front of them all their life. And so they just succumb to that or they model or they emulate that mm -hmm. and think that's who they are. Folks don't know who they are. Yeah, that's true. For the most part. No, I think I think that's true. And I think some people uh, willfully go on the journey to discover that and others come upon it by happenstance, but some don't intentionally or unintentionally stumble upon the answer to that question. And it's kind of tragic. It is it's kind of tragic because I think um, being in touch with who you are certainly makes navigating this life journey uh, more palatable. Because you have a little bit of, you're grounded. You have some centering and some direction. Like even if the world feels wayward, at least I know who I am, and I can stand in that. So that's that's challenging. And even in talking about that heaviness, you said something about being painfully reflective. Is that painful reflection a part of discovering who you are or journeying into that? Yeah, it's um. It's that moment when you realize, you know, we often talk about having an aha moment, but this is that aha moment when you say, all my life has been a lie or what I'm doing really doesn't bring me happiness or all the success they say I should be seeking really isn't rooted in happiness. No, happiness comes first, right? Happiness comes first. And uh, in watching all the news threats and actually not watching, because I have not been watching. That, that's another thing. I have not been watching, but hearing about it, <laughs> hearing about it. And you can't help but see it even when you just open your phone and sit right there in your yeah. face, but seeing it, hearing about it, having friends who are talking about it, I'm realizing that folks are just, folks are unhappy. Yeah. They are, and they don't know it. Mm -hmm. And they don't know that it's their unhappiness <clears throat> that is causing a lot of their own internal unrest and upheaval. Um, which is contributing to a lot of the oh, anger and fire and the fiery uh, disposition in what we're doing right now in these times. And I'm like, wow, if people were happier. Would this be a, you know, would this movement look different? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I know the anger, the anger that we're feeling through it, it is uh, deserved. But I just don't know how how well it's going to serve us yeah. in the end. Yeah, that's yeah, that's challenging so for that's sure. The painful part. Painfully reflective. Thank you for that. That's something that I'm sure uh, all the listeners can sit with because the, it, that reminded me that reflection doesn't have to be gentle. Reflection doesn't have to be, you know, daisies and sunshine. Um, reflection can be painful. It could be uncomfortable. Um, it can be a number of things, but it's still reflective, getting yeah. you in touch with being self-aware and yeah. really identifying what you're navigating, what you're feeling. Yeah. It's radical. 
Reflection is radical. That's a good one. That's a good nugget. Reflection is radical. Write that down, folks. Reflection is radical. Now, in describing Willow Cove, you talked about how it's the culmination of the things that helped you on your healing journey. And, you know, I know from experience and, and being in relationship with you, you know, part of that journey was you healing yourself and, and really getting in touch with what would help you heal. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about that journey um, and healing yourself, which ultimately has contributed to the way that you seek to help others heal? So um, the short story is uh, about 30 years ago, I was given a severe mental health diagnosis of bipolar disorder. I have come since come to know that it was a misdiagnosis, but nonetheless, diagnosis for that. Um, years ago, I believed it. <clears throat> and so because I believed it, I had spent hundreds of hours in therapy and lots of money on these heavy regimens of psychotropic medications. I didn't know anything and no one ever talked to me about my nutrition. No one ever talked to me about rest and restfulness and how to cultivate that for myself. No one talked to me about energy, um, medicines, or um, body work. None of that was ever, ever, never, ever, ever, ever talked about. And nobody ever talked to me about being a woman in the world in a profession um, that I chose, not that someone chose for me. And knowing the difference between doing things that I'm good at and things that I'm happy doing, mm -hmm. not the same thing, right? So um, over the course of years, I just I wasn't getting any better. You know, all this time and energy and money spent in therapy hours and medication, nothing got better, nothing got better, nothing got better. Well, I did uh, happen upon another sister girl clinically trained right here in the city, and she said, you're an artist. You know, my bachelor's degree is in fine art. And my early career was in um, museum work and exhibition design. And she said, you're an artist. Why aren't you creating things? When was the last time you, you painted something or did something? And I was almost offended. You know, like, what? who are you to ask me? What? Here I sit, well-educated, highly educated, sure. and stellar in my profession mm -hmm. with all these uh, awards and merits. And you asking me about some damn art, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> so, so, so. she, she challenged me um, in, in a healthy way, but she challenged me with weekly homework that was related to my artistry. So she was pushing you to create, pushing me to create. Um, and well, I was, mad. yeah, well, you, well, she was pushing, pushing. she was pushing, <laughs> she was pushing. And I'm grateful that she, that she, that she did because otherwise I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have done it. And so part of what I deliver here is I push people, you know, and I tell them ahead of time, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm strong arming you right now. Mm -hmm. So I warn you, mm -hmm. you know, I know that that isn't acceptable. What you just said isn't acceptable. Let, uh -uh, take yeah. it back. You know? yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I kind of model that from, from her and my grandmother, but that's another story. So, um, Went through all that. And then I don't know what happened to me. What happened to me? Well, I do know. Suicide attempt is what happened to me. And um, I had a whole plan and I was executing that plan. And angels 
They, I swear, that's what they were. That's that's who they were. Angels intervened in a marketplace, fresh air market, and I was buying my fruits and vegetables and flowers to create my altar so that people would know that I intentionally did this because folks would not believe. Lana Gamble, oh, up here, high up here. You know what was she? Why would she do that? Well, so I, and uh, at that marketplace, God just sent about five people that literally stopped me. No, sister, why don't you go over here and eat this? They didn't know what was going on, but it took up my time. Mm -hmm. The time that I was planning on being face down in Lake Calhoun, right? right? And um, anyway, so it was that awakening, I would say, that awakening where I said, okay, I'm not getting better. I know that there's something better for my life, energetically, spiritually, Mm -hmm. What what do I what do I do? What do I what do I do? My body aches, and I just had a download. Go go get a massage. Mm-hmm. Try some, and then my massage therapist said, "Have you tried acupuncture?" So then I tried acupuncture, and then my acupuncturist said, "Have you tried just you know soothing music and meditation? Are you do you know how to meditate?" I knew what the word meant, but I had not ever done it. Not been in the practice. Yeah. It had not been in the. It is a practice. It is a practice, and um, I'm still learning that it's not what I what I what I've believed it to be. Even you know, you don't have to sit and be quiet and hum or listen to one sound. Mm-mm. Well, meditation is nice. Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes I just get in a zone, even just looking out the window or sitting on the porch and just observing. Only observing things that are going past my eye, not interpreting them, not listening to it, not um, uh, having my mind racing. I see something that triggers a thought about something else and then I go deep in the thought about. No, 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 no. Just observing. That's a practice. Yeah. Yeah. Only seeing a thing like using one sense. (laughs) Not all. Not all of them at the same time. Um, So back to that thing. And so over time, a a number of years, I started pulling these things together. I said, wow. And then and then I eventually got into art therapy and psychotherapy myself and started seeing clients and having clients. And I was noticing the same thing I had done or was in my history. Somebody told you you were sick. So you take the medicine, you drink the Kool-Aid. And you walk in that. You let your symptoms define who you are. And you just sit and you wait for the medicine to work. Well, I was observing that in people I saw every day. And I said, I I got a story to tell. You don't have, you don't know medicine without therapy doesn't work. And then therapy without movement doesn't work. And by movement, I mean whatever you need. You know, you have to be active. You have yes. to be active. You have to be active in whatever practice you choose. So whatever it is, um, and uh, so uh, God said, "Okay, remember that. Remember that easy way I told you about a few years ago." Okay, so this is it. This is your assignment, sister. You, this is your assignment. You are living proof that you can come from mental deterioration, overcome, and thrive. You, that, you got it? And so I I'm not gonna tell you again. And, and she has it. She says, I'm not gonna tell you again, right? And uh so um so that's 
that's that's that's what that's what I got for myself. Mm-hmm. And every day I'm healing. So folks come to me thinking that or believing, and, and it is true that I have something to give to them to help them feel better, be better, do better. Sure. And that is true. However, <clears throat> what I uh emphasize to them is that they already have what they need and in the same way that you think you know me or you need me I too need you so I don't do a whole bunch of marketing and uh, you know I'm not out there on all kinds of symposiums and uh, podcasts no because my business is primarily word of mouth and it's for that reason that this is very quaint diligent, detailed work. Yeah. And uh, you come, you come to me drawn. You have, you have to be led, led to me because you got to be able to hear the story and you got to be able to do the hard work. Most people aren't willing to do the hard work. I'm going to say that again. Most people aren't willing to do the hard work because to look at yourself, to hold up the mirror and say, you know what? That was shitty. What you just did. Yeah. That was really what you just said. Wow, you treated them like that? Yeah. Ooh, why did you have to say it that way? Hmm, you're foul. Yeah, people don't, people won't do that. And I, mirror therapy is something I do in the practice. I have clients who cannot look themselves in the mirror. I mean, like literally cannot look themselves in the mirror. So that's the work I had to do. I can look myself in the mirror every day and I can say, can I use bad words? Yeah, you can say what you want. I can say, bitch, you fucked that up. Mm -hmm. Or I can say, girl, that was good. That that was really good. That was really good. Or I can say, you know what? No, sis, you take two. Mm-hmm. And someday, take three, take 99, mm-hmm. take, well, listen, how many times are we going to do this? Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of a, I don't know if you watch Insecure. That reminds me of Issa, how she's often in the bathroom talking to herself, rapping to herself, piping herself up. Yeah, that's what that reminds me of when you mentioned that mirror therapy. But I want to, there was so much that you just shared. And, um, for the listener, I know you can't see my face right now, but my feeling is that I want to cry, but I'm too excited because of the similarities in our stories. Like people who know me know my story, um, um, but there are some who, who, for lack of a better term and for rhyming sake, they only know my glory. They only know that. They don't know my story. So I'm going to have a real moment of, of, of transparency and vulnerability right now because I could just rattle off the things that are similar in our journeys. I was diagnosed as bipolar in 2009, 2010. It wasn't until 2018 that a nurse practitioner told me, I think you've been misdiagnosed. I think you have anxiety and you navigate depression. She said, but I don't think you have bipolar disorder. So I've never trusted, even when I had the diagnosis and I bought into it and took the path of therapy and took the path of medication, it wasn't working for me. And I was the only one who believed it wasn't working for me. And a few choice people who know me know me, but my mom is just being a mom. Take the medicine, do what they say. But mom, this white man in therapy is making me feel worse about myself. He's not 
He doesn't seem like he seemed like he's only asking me questions to write me drugs. I was like, he's not we're, I'm not talking about how I feel or what drove me to my suicide attempt or what I was thinking what I, when I was in that space and how I felt after. He's not asking me about my family. I was like, I'm no therapist, but I thought there would be some information needed in order to care for me. These things are happening. Um, but that's how I got into juicing. That's how I got into juicing. Me, I had a roommate at the time, and we I was navigating depression and anxiety from being in grad school. Um, but I had already been navigating the diagnosis, so I'd learned a, a few things about myself. So navigating depression and anxiety. She was her brother had recently passed, so she was gr- grieving. And we both said from experience, I ain't taking this antidepressant that they're telling me to take. Mm-hmm. I know that's what they're going to do if I go to the doctor. Talk therapy was helping a little bit, but it was expensive. It was really expensive. It wasn't it wasn't accessible to me working at a small nonprofit making $37,000 a year and going to grad school full time. It wasn't accessible. Now what did help me is when I was in grad school, I did do grief counseling because while I was in grad school, I lost two um, a really good friend and a relative to really violent crimes. And I did do grief counseling at the school. So if you're in school, mm-hmm. take advantage of those free resources that your student health plan affords you because you're paying for it, whether you use it or not. Anyway, um, we both said, I'm not interested in this, this Western approach to just pill popping. What can we do ourselves? She bought an old Jack LaLanne juicer and she started getting into YouTube yoga videos. I got really into the juicing and the combinations. First, for me, it was just about flavor. But then it was about, well, what does what does this parsley really do? Oh, it's a diuretic. It, it makes you pee a lot so you can flush out your system. Oh, that's awesome. Ginger is great for digestion and that's an upset stomach. And turmeric is awesome for inflammation. I wonder if that'll help my mom with her arthritic knees or if it'll help me when I'm having menstrual cramps. So I got really into the juices, but it wasn't, it was for two reasons. It was for my mental health. And it wasn't until I saw how others responded to me using the juices that I saw that there was a community need for a product, which turned into an entrepreneurial vision. But this, this, the suicide attempt, there's just a lot of similarities in our journey, how we sought out opportunities to learn about ourselves. And that led to healing, which then led to business endeavors that are grounded in purpose and community um, because that's who we are. Like there's just a lot of similarities. And so I'm just really, I wasn't trying to go here, but it's definitely one of my three moments of gratitude to just hear a story. You talked, you talked about mirror, mirror therapy. I feel like I'm looking in a mirror right now, just sitting across from you at this table. So I'm just really grateful for um, the opportunity to exchange those stories But more importantly, for me to leave this moment when we concluded and still be able to know that I was affirmed by knowing that there's someone else who's journeyed what I'm navigating and they've they've gotten through it and and, and are on a different side of it. Um, So I just I'm I'm just I'm really grateful for this moment. We're not crazy. No, (laughs) no. And I would even add to that, um, you know, I did a pod, um, a blog some years ago, and uh, the title of it was, And So What If I'm Crazy? And so you, something was triggered for me when you talked about, um, you know, the Western man defining who we are and giving us the diagnosis, the label, and the medicine. They don't understand 
our historical trauma. Right. And so how dare they <clears throat> tell us that we have these grandiose ideas? Because that's what they're telling our kids still. You can't be the doctor. You can't. Yes, I can have it all. And yes, I can do. I can really do it all, too. Right. You know, so, yes, I can own a business. Yes, I can be a best selling author. Yes, I can be a world renowned motivational speaker. Yes, I can. Yes, I can be a good wife and mother. Yes, I can. And in my diagnosis, I remember when you said that, I remember just like if he were sitting right here today, him telling me that there was no way. I could do all those things. And he actually had me write it. Mm -hmm. Like he, he had me create a list of all the things I said I wanted to do and could do. And he says, do you know, there is no way you can do all those things. Mm -hmm. And in his mind and his notes, I'm sure he wrote that those were grandiose ideas. Mm -hmm. So it, guess what? Mania, so he, a, yes. He's saying you're mad. Yes. Because you're ambitious. And yes. Ambitious. Oh my goodness. And to that I would say, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Moving on. Mm -hmm. Because I sit here more than half accomplished of all those things. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. That I mm. So, and just think about how many other brown folks, and, and it can be any folks, but I'm, I'm, I'm this painful reflection that we keep mentioning this. I'm, I'm feeling that for us and that that's my aha. Mm. There it is. What? This painful reflection right now is this thing we're talking about. Folks are out there with this heaviness. They've been told they can't do. They've been labeled with things. We're being called all kinds of things. And it's all inaccurate. Mm -hmm. From a mental and a spiritual point of view, it's all very inaccurate. It might even be wrong, mm -hmm. you know. And as a healer and a therapist and all, you know, on the mental health side of things, that's what I'm feeling is, is the pain of other people being misfucking understood. Right. <laughs> Mm. Okay. So we're back. We're back. We had um, a moment there. Lana had an aha moment about that painful reflection, and or, or more so about what they're saying about us right now. It's just not accurate. It's just not accurate. I want to. I want to take some time while we have a moment um, to just step into this this gratitude, and then we'll we'll close out and. And talk about how people can reach out to you and, and, and receive your support and your wellness support and your access to your art therapy. But I really, I, I'm just feeling so grateful, like I already said, for the synergies in our in our story that I just, I have to do these three moments now while it's just at the top of my mind. So uh, folks, we're going to do three moments of gratitude. If you've been tapping into the pie, you know, this is a practice that we do just to usher in gratitude and positive energy into our days, our moments, and our journal spaces so that we can go back to reflect on them. And it's really easy. We just say out loud three things that we're grateful for. One, two, three. It's really that simple. Um, and then I will invite my guests to share in the practice with me. So I'm going to model the behavior. And I'm going to say that my first moment of gratitude, as always, is my breath. I am grateful for my inhale. And my exhale. We're going to do that two more times together. You inhale as deeply as is comfortable for you. 
and exhale and push that breath out slowly. So let's just inhale together. Inhale. Exhale. And on this last one, the last breath that we take together, we're going to breathe in for a count of four and hold it. And then exhale slowly on that breath and push it out as slow and steady as you can. So let's take this last breath together. Let's inhale. One, two, three, four. Hold it. And exhale. Push it out real slow. So I am grateful for my breath because it lets me know that I am alive. Um, secondly, I am grateful for, like I already said, and we'll say again, I am grateful for, um, this space that Lana and I are sharing and this conversation that allowed me to learn that our journeys were so similar and, um, to just know that there's someone down the street, down the street from my house, literally the opposite corner that knows my story and knows what it has, has a very good idea of what I might be navigating because they've been through it. So that is a beautiful thing. And I'm grateful for you and your story. Um, And lastly, I am grateful for an invitation to a hike once I leave this space. So I was invited to go on a hike um, and I'm very excited about that. You don't see the smile on my face, but I am very excited to receive and accept that invitation. So that's what I'm grateful for today. I'm grateful for my breath. I'm grateful for knowing that someone else not only understands my story, but they've navigated it um, and survived it. And thirdly, I'm thankful for invitations to hikes. You better get out in nature, folks. So that's my three moments. Um, Lana, I would invite you. Is there anything that you're grateful for today that you would want to share with others? So I won't do all three, but I am grateful for the movement, for movement, and for a movement. Mm. So movement, the movement, and a movement, three very different things. But the common piece to all of them is that energy and vibration momentum is still churning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Folks are still doing. People are still out there. People are thinking. People are talking. People are moving. Oh, keep the movement. So the breath is a movement. It's a movement. movement. And we are in the midst of a global Mm -hmm. movement, Mm -hmm. right? So I hope folks um, take the time. And I'm grateful to have time. Grateful for time. Grateful for time to be able to sit and do the personal introspection, to observe to determine and discover and rediscover who I am, which means who we all are, who you all are. Take the time to figure out who you really are. And even if you get it wrong, the movement will keep you going forward. So figuring out who you really are. And is it somebody else's voice you've been listening to? Mm -hmm. Or is it what my inner being is telling me about me? That has led that has led me to a question. Like you said, even if you get it wrong, keep moving because that movement will push you forward. Even if you get it wrong, uh, why not capture the momentum that your movement has given you to propel you to your next your next move? Like there's there's um, there's movement and then there's momentum in your movement. That's that's and that. Thank you for that. Yes, yeah. Thank you for that. That was good. That was good. So how can um, Folks reach out to you. How can they access what you're offering? 
Well, um, uh, as you mentioned so many times, I'm on the corner of East 124th and Larchmere, Willow Cove Garden Wellness Boutique. It is a house. And so all are welcome. You can literally just stop by any day and walk in. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to have a service to come inside. And you can just come and have tea and gab and chat with me a bit. Um, we do have a website. Um, it's um, being updated right now because our services are shifting because of our um, COVID-19 response. But that is willowcove.org. So you can find us, uh, reach out to me there. And then um, the phone number, 216-230-7636. Kind of easy to remember, 7636. <laughs> <laughs> or you can always reach out to Bianca and say, hey, that, uh, that straight crazy lady. Yeah. That yeah. straight crazy lady. I didn't touch her. Yep. I will, I will certainly connect you folks and she won't shout out the social because she's not that active, but she watches. Um, so you could also follow her at straight crazy. That's straight S T R A I G A I G H T and crazy C R A Z I on Instagram. Um, so I hope that you will support this beautiful, um, wellness boutique. Um, the owner and the curator of this space, Ms. Lana Gamble, um, it's a lovely business that is black owned, woman owned and right in the heart of the large mayor community, which is near and dear to my heart. Because uh, if you didn't know, I live, work and play in this neighborhood. I love large mayor, Ludlow, Shaker Square, Woodland Hills and of course, Buckeye. I love my community and I love when there are people who decide to root themselves here and continue to keep this soil fertile. So um, I certainly believe that's what Lana and Willow Cove um, Art and Wellness Boutique is doing for our community and the greater Cleveland uh, area. So sow a seed here, folks. Sow a seed here. Uh, it will be rewarded. So that is all that I had. Do you have anything left that you want to drop off to the village? Well, I have one, one phrase or sentence. And while we're out here in the movement, in the movement, just remember one thing that you are kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. Like Look it. in the mirror and say, I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. What you're doing is a big deal. That's What's good. happening in the world, big deal. Yeah. Waking up every day trying to decide which direction to go, that's big a big deal. deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes we shrink ourselves. Yes, we do. We do. We shrink <laughs> ourselves uh, to the detriment of ourselves or we do it for the benefit of others, but either way, it's shrinking. So stay a big deal, folks. Stay a big deal. And I'm going to close how I always close every episode and every three moment of gratitude practice. I want to encourage you to be kind to yourself. Once you do that, please be patient with others. Show some grace. Then I want to encourage you to go out and be great. And then if you so choose, go with God, uh, whoever that means to you. So um, I'm sending you peace positivity and all the positive vibes that I can muster. Uh, enjoy it today. Um, you'll never have another one like it. So go enjoy it. Peace, peace, peace. <laughs>